Did you wait? There's no, there's no gem. Did you, did you hit record and then the chat immediately went? <laughs> yes, he did. No, no, no. It was before. No, it wasn't. Or during, during you pressing the button, not right after. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's. Well, we have evidence, so it's, it I, I was probably you, right after. I, you I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed my confidence it was, here. It was. Um, <laughs> I, I'm beginning <laughs> to think it was exactly after you hit record. <laughs> this is Down the Hall Podcast. With your hosts, Chet Jobert. It's Black Hawk Down with Aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky, Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer garden. Beer garden was pretty spot <laughs> That was pretty good. No, he definitely got that. Um... All right. Well, anyway, that's a strong spell. Welcome to the <laughs> podcast, the last final episode, season finale. It, but this is different than when uh, Fast and the Furious says that it's the final episode, or uh, Halloween says it's the final chapter, or any of those. Where then they make six or more. Disney say this is the end of Star Wars. Films. It's the end of Star Wars. Right. Four years from now, there'll be a new trilogy. So, do we know is, that this is the final down the hall episode? I'm here with Rodney. We're here with Lyndon. All the way from London town. He drove in. He drove in. Across the water. Yep. But we still had him Skype because we can't stand the sight of him. Oh, God. Where's those shorts? It's those short shorts with the thighs is what it Ugh. is. Um, and what we're going to do today, we're actually, we're going to talk about our, our uh, it's going to be very self-aggrandizing. We're going to talk about yeah. our top 10 best mm. recommendations we ever had. It, we're so proud of our top 10 that we made 11 of them. <laughs> Which is perfect, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Well, what I mean, but we did abide by our original rules, and the original rules were like, "Hey, average person wastes 115 hours every year looking for a movie to watch," which I earlier this night confused as 1,500 hours. Dang it! Boy, don't try. He could tell by my face. That's why I wish I wasn't always. Because I, I was going to ask you, listen, hey, do you remember uh, how many hours Chet actually thought people wasted? 1,500. <laughs> I, I think it's probably months. I think it's probably between 115 and 1500 if I were to if I were to guess. But the original rules were that we would find movies that were streamable and that somewhat under the radar and that had good reviews for the most part and that we really liked and we could give to other people as as movie night picks. So we, we when we were weeding out our you know we did over 100 recommendations we picked 11 for mm-hmm. our top 10. Yep. Uh, that abided by those original rules. Were they streamable at the time? Were they highly So we only had 11 that followed our own rules. <laughs> yeah. We had 11 that followed our own rules. And these, this by is by default. Yeah. This is what we have. No, no, that's not the case. But um, uh, we also said that we were going to uh, kind of share our favorite memories from the show and uh, wrap up by just sort of talking about what the show was. But uh, Roddy, you said that you had uh, a specific memory you wanted to share to kick things off. Um, it wasn't necessarily to kick things off, but I guess I can say, I can say it to kick things off. I think one of my favorite memories, um, was that for the most part, this was, uh, this was less effort for me probably than, I feel like you guys probably put in episode to episode a lot more work than I did. Would you say that's fair? (laughs) I, I would say Chet did. No, no, Lyndon I would say Chet did. Chet, and I, then I would just deflect how little Rodney did to hide how. I know I would agree. <laughs> the little I'm, I'm I glad, did. I am glad that you're embracing the honesty because uh, <laughs> that's certainly partly true. Because Lyndon, if you acted like you put in as much work, I also would have criticized you. Um, 
Fair. We are doing a top 10 list, which is inspired by you, Lyndon. So that's good. That's but true. Anyway, all of that to say, I feel like I did at least bring some technical know-how and some of like the fundamentals to to getting things started. So like I always felt like, okay, at least I brought that to the table at some point. You know, like at least like I wasn't completely useless in this entire process. Is the word fundamentals a hint as to what story you're about to tell? Yeah, it is. And uh and so the fir- one of the first interviews that we got was Rob Burnett, who had had a successful career on the Letterman show, right? He was the executive producer of the David Letterman show, and then he had directed the fundamentals of caring with That's Paul right. Rudd and Selena Gomez, and he had listened to our episode yeah. independently. Yeah. And then we connected on Twitter and he agreed to come on the show. Right. And uh, you remember this, Lyndon? I mean, I think it was pre-London yeah, being not, on the show. Yeah, but is that why we didn't consider this in our list? <laughs> it's a good question why we didn't consider this one in our list. Jeez, that is a great question. That, that probably should well, have made the list. Definitely in there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So um, really, we did, obviously, a really bang-up job with our preparation for this episode. But in any case, um, <laughs> so we, we had an interview and we are trying to figure out how to get him recorded. He couldn't figure out Skype, which mm-hmm. was really our plan. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like on the fly, Chet's kind of looking at me. So Chet's always done all the work, you know. So then he's like looking at me like, what can we do? So I'm thinking like, all right, this is where – come on, Ronnie. This is your moment. This is where you're supposed to shine, baby. Because at this point, we like couldn't really believe we were interviewing Rob Burnett <laughs> because of all the people – like at that point, we were like, wait. We're in, we get to talk to real people in the industry who are like – People who other like Paul Rudd sought out Rob Burnett to do this movie with him. So uh, I'm like, I'm like, kind of like scratch my head, thinking, think, think, think. And this is the the things that I feel like I'm typically pretty good at. And uh, I was like, you know what? I got a solution. He's got he's got uh, an iPhone. We I've got a screen recorder on my computer. We can call him from the. We can call him on FaceTime through the audio on the computer the audio will play and i have a device that records both sides of the audio it's going to be perfect a device (laughs) it's like great you know so i feel like i've solved this and uh you know tested it very very quickly and saw that audio was being recorded so i was like great what what a genius we record what was honestly Maybe my favorite interview. One of our best that we episodes. Ever did. One of our best I, episodes. Like, definitely one of the best interviews that we like. Just mm-hmm. natural, fluid, great, great conversation, funny. Like the whole thing was awesome. We finish recording, and he leaves. I'm thinking like, wow, that was that was that was good. And I then start to put in the audio into our recorder or like into our program that we do to mix the episodes, and I realize like. There's only one side of the audio. Like, it just, like, our audio just dissipates into nothing. So all we had was perfectly crystal clear Rob Burnett audio. And And silence. Silence from our stuff. So we had no (laughs) clue what we said. For like a 50-minute long episode. (laughs) We were just listening to his responses and then looking. No, no, no. So first... Chet has walked away, and we both are feeling really good until I then see it in the computer and realize, like, oh, no. Like, this isn't good. I did think, like, good news is we have his audio. <laughs> so then I, I break it to Chet. <laughs> like, hey, my brilliant plan didn't work. <laughs> so uh, so then 
being the the eternal optimist, he was like, "Okay, well, we we can we can salvage this." We ordered pizza and we set about trying to salvage this episode, which involved just these we, puzzling looks. We, what we'd we hear him say some something and be like, "What did we ask?" We we re-recorded, we fake re-recorded our voices over like with his audio. We'd hear him respond to things and be like, "What was the question we asked?" <laughs> him originally and then he would say something and we realized oh he said a funny joke we should probably fill in with laughter so we fake recorded <laughs> laughter and had laughter track number one laughter track number two so it didn't sound the same and honestly when you go back and listen to that episode it's all thrown in after the fact yeah. and it was like 90 percent great like you can't really tell except for maybe one or two moments yeah but the best part was when he texted us a couple weeks later and he goes hey guys just listen to the episode great episode my only thing i tell you is you should not have edited yourselves out so much because you're great conversationalists (laughs) (laughs) it's really where we realize like oh my god there's so many moments in back and forth in this whole conversation too because it'd be like all of a sudden he'd be like yeah no right that's a great point and then like he would then go off on something else and be like what, what did what, what did, did we, we say? Just what point was it? My great point that what episode, did you say? For that reason alone, that episode's worth re-listening to. Going back and re-listening to, you just catch all of that. Oh gosh, if you listen, and I, Chet is right. We did record a couple laughters, but by the end of the night, like once you get to like three a.m., it was it was like just three kinda like, four a.m. We were re-recording ourselves. Just back drop in. just drop back to drop the other audio. Just, <laughs> there's a lot of laughter. If you were to isolate some laughter, some of them are repeated. <laughs> there's no doubt. So anyway, one of my favorite memories, and we'll get to the list after this, but one of my favorite memories is the first time we had Lyndon on. So Lyndon went from being a guest that we had to do a top ten episode because he was a part of Top Ten Films dot uk dot uk dot uk dot co. I don't know what it was. Can you get there if you don't do the UK? .co.uk. .co.uk. And he was like, so we we had connected on Twitter. The, the, the podcast had connect, like the podcast Twitter account had connected with top10films.co.uk. And <laughs> AKA Chet. Yeah. And <laughs> we, had, we, we had, um, we had had some, you know, some, some interactions and, and I realized like, wow, I really like the articles they keep posting these top 10 lists. Let's have one of them come on and it ended up being Lyndon. Man, imagine if we got somebody else though. Right. We would have been international. <laughs> so we get, so, <laughs> so, might not exist. so, you know, what's so funny. So this is actually, this kind of bleeds into like other things I'm going to say later, but, um, the, 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 devout listeners and some of the things they say is they love Lyndon. Like everyone since Lyndon's joined the show, people have loved him. And it's just funny because people think that we've known each other for like 10 years, all three mm. of us because yeah. of the way we interact. But when we first had him on, he was completely, complete stranger, complete stranger. So he comes on, does the top 10 films. We did um top 10 Oscar snubs. It was the best movies to not win best picture, mm. which is, which is a fun episode. We, we get through it. <clears throat> we, uh, I thought it went super, super well. And we end the episode, end the episode, say goodbye to Lyndon. We're Skyping him in and Rodney and I go, wow, that was, that was a blast. Like he was awesome. Like Lyndon was great. And then there's just this pause and we hear, hello. <laughs> Lyndon was still on the phone, which I'm so glad we had nice things to say. Yeah. Oh man. That would have been, I did think after we hung up, like, Oh god! <laughs> and then, Lyndon, you went from being a guest to like a, a regular listener chiming in on episodes and helping us f- like formulate what we wanted the episode structure to look like, and then and then was not too 
long after that that we had him join the show full time, which is one of the, yeah. my favorite things. We should have only done top tens. I'm thinking of all <laughs> those the, were our like think of all the downloaded episodes. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. top ten war films is still our most is our still favorite the, episode. The top ten war so, films yeah. most downloaded. Gets, like yeah. continue. Yeah, but anyway, um, so yeah, so now since since talking about top tens, we're actually going to do our top ten favorite recommendations. And again, this these were movies that we said definitely had to meet the criteria we originally had, which were streamable options that we thought flew under the radar a little bit that we loved and that um, had pretty good reviews, if not great reviews. And I don't understand how we let the fundamentals of caring slip through or even I feel dope. Like, I feel like it should. Oh, even dope. Dope was great too. Uh, so we have 11. We probably could add oh yeah, dope, dope is better, and actually. fundamentals of caring. <laughs> um, all right. So Ronnie, you're going to kick us off here with number 11. All right. Number 11 of a top 10 list. So you can go ahead and skip this one. Cause you don't care about 11. No one cares about 11. Uh, it was green room, uh, which pretty recently we did that one. Yeah. Anton Yellick mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart. Have some respect. The late Anton Yellick. No. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought going to say the late Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> no. no. Right. <laughs> it's breaking news to me. Yeah. <laughs> you were about to get so mad. We get news here faster than you. Wait, know. Anton Yellick is, is dead? <laughs> yeah, is it so. Yelchin, isn't it? Yelchin. Thank you. That's, Have some respect for the dead, yeah. Rodney. I, that's why I asked you if I had it right. Um but this is about like an indie it's an indie movie about an indie rock band who goes and plays a concert at a terrible part of the world where you probably shouldn't be and it turns out to be kind of a uh cultish uh gang it's like a neo-nazi yeah, like neo-nazi bar and uh in the middle of nowhere and then they realize that and they decide to kind of be in their face about it a little bit as they play music. Uh, so they were already kind of on edge and then they end up seeing something they shouldn't see. And from that point, it just like the intensity ramps up. So it was a edgier seat kind of movie the, the whole way through, but absolutely good. Absolutely. Uh, a movie you should stream. Definitely worth watching. It was a Netflix find, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good job. Good job, Rodney. Pretty, pretty <laughs> good. It's so patronizing. Uh, good job, Rodney. Well, Thanks just, for coming. Because he just gives very confusing descriptions. Instead of saying, like, instead of describing where they were, he said, they ended up in a part of the world where you should not be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Dead Sea? Like, yes. where were they? Um, okay. Uh, Lennon, you have number 10. Now we get into so the number, real list. Yeah. So number 10 is uh, Before We Go. So this is one that I think, Rodney brought to the table as well. Yeah, as uh, I think it's a Netflix discovery. It's a 2014 film directed by Chris Evans, starring Chris Evans, Captain America himself, and it follows two strangers, like Chris Evans, played by Chris Evans, and Alice Eve. Uh, they're stuck in New York for the night, and how they, what adventures or misadventures they get into, and uh, you learn about their their characters and their past throughout the uh, the course of the film that, that night, and it's a really Lovely little film. Yeah. Didn't Very we, reminiscent of like uh, Before Sunrise, Before say, did, Sunset. Did, and I'm realizing yeah. now it's called yeah. Before I we know, go. I know. It's so interesting. I think we, we had made that connection because it's the idea of like um, the entire movie, the entire story being within one night. Yeah. And just yeah. conversation two between two people. Meet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. That was a great. I love that one. Yeah. That was a great find. And I think, Chet, you always say you love like conversations and the way they evolve with the uh, films like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like movies that it's almost like you could pick it up and leave it off 
it, it's almost like the story itself didn't like you enter into someone's life and it's just conversation and it ends kind of in the same way. Like you, it's almost like just real life stories or, or hum, yeah. human interest stories. Just good. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think, uh, there's, there's uh take me home, which is another one. I feel like the taxi. It's oh, a yeah, similar yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. not, not, I don't, I wouldn't say it's as good as before we go, but, um, similar. I, you know, it's one of those things too, where I feel like you can relate to just the idea of, meeting a stranger but then how somehow it's easier to talk to a stranger than it is probably all of the people in your you know like they they, they, they they end up sharing things with each other that they have yet to share with other people they're very important things to 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 share but sometimes it's kind of easier where people have no preconceived notions of you or the other people or whatever they just hear it for what it is do you guys think we consciously made efforts to switch genres often i can't like i feel like we did at times but i think mostly we're, we're yeah. our first priority was finding a good movie right? yeah but then if we could switch up the genre we would right i mean because i think even in the first two we see that green room which is like a thriller yep and then before we go not a rom-com but certainly yep. a romantic yeah easy to consume right movie <clears throat> uh so all right number nine is one that I think really snuck up on all of us. Uh, one I loved. Yeah, wait, I thought Lyndon didn't like this one. Coda, uh, Coda Chrome uh, is the movie. Yeah. Uh, Lyndon, did you not like it? I thought you liked it. No, I didn't I didn't dislike it. I liked it. I just thought it was both higher on both of your lists than mine. It certainly was very high on my list in terms of... Um, now, granted, we've already said it, so I'll say it again. I think the fundamentals of caring and dope should have ended up on this list. I can't believe we let those <laughs> I feel like fundamentals <laughs> of caring has a really similar feel to this movie, too. Agreed. Um, because it's a road trip movie. Road trip and so Kodachrome illness. And is, uh, it's uh, got a bit more of a lighthearted edge. Yeah. J- Jason Sudeikis, uh, right? Yep. Is the main character. And... Um, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry the name escapes me. He's the man in black from Westworld. <laughs> Why can't uh, I think of his Ed, name? Ed Harris. Ed, Ed Harris, Harris, thank you. And, um, the idea is that Ed Harris <clears throat> is this world-famous photographer. He has um, – it's based off of true events, but he has this, this role of film that uh, can only be produced and developed uh, using – Kodachrome, right? It's a, Kodachrome is a type of film, I believe. And it, basically, the way that it could be developed, that that technology was going away. And the last place that had it was this small pharmacy in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And they were like, we have to go, we have to reach this pharmacy before they run out of this, you know, whatever they had to make sure we develop this, these rules of film that he had, these long lost rules. And just Jason Sudeikis is his, is his, you know, strange son. They have a bad relationship. And Elizabeth Olsen is the caretaker of Ed Helms. So the yeah. three of them end up on this road trip and obviously there's a lot that goes down yeah. there's a conversation another conversation based movie it's to striking me, to me how similar this is to fundamentals of caring it's so it? similar to fundamentals yeah. of caring like a road trip movie where you you know on yeah, the other end third character exactly caretaker, yep. Yep. somebody yeah and i think that the the standout scene for me the one that really solidified this is one of my favorite you know what it is it's like we talk about we're not down the hall was not trying to find best pictures it was what's well, a movie yeah. night what's a movie night pick, yeah, yeah. right and Kodachrome met that for me because it was it was funny it was endearing to me endearing but i think the scene that drove it home for me were was when jason sudeikis and elizabeth olsen were in the bar together and they were like singing that song for some reason that just like stood out to me i was like this this is a movie i love similar to fundamentals of caring um when they're like at that diner late at night like i remember that scene too so this was uh an easy one for us to recommend and for rodney and i it was certainly high up on our list of ones that we loved i think Lyndon agreed enough that it was worth that recommendation so that was number nine for yep. us 
Uh, I actually, I have the, I have number eight too. Yeah, I'll keep this Go quick though, because I think Rodney, you have the best um, sort of impression that. of this. So this number eight is Night Owls. I will turn it over to Rodney. This is one that I found. Um, <clears throat> just you can go into like deeper category searches on Netflix. And I looked for, I think it was rom-coms and it was a Netflix original, uh, night owls with Rosa Salazar, who has had made more of a name for herself. Uh, and this will lead to another conversation we're going to have about the guests that we've had. Cause we got to inter- interview the director of this movie, Charles hood, but this movie was a rom-com that completely caught me by surprise. And I immediately told Rodney and Lindy, Linda, we need to watch this and we need to recommend it. So Rodney, you, you felt like, I felt like you loved this one. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I mean, this was all in one night too, right? The movie. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember the specifics of it, but I do feel like this one, Stood out to me just because it was. It's a guy and a girl. Very where, un, Was it? It was a Netflix. It's a, it's a guy and a girl where he works for a college football coach who's like super famous and they right. are at his house and she's like the mistress and. Oh, that's right. She he, gets sick he, and he has yeah, to take yeah, care yeah. of her. He, yeah. he ended up realizing that he came home to, uh, with a girl to his basically boss's his house. boss's house. Yeah. And then as things are going awry, he realizes like, oh my God, like I've really got to fix this situation because this is going to be really bad for me. And it, it, so it's just one of those like, fun uh, again it falls in line i think with whether it's a before we go where you just know it's it's all happening it feels like it's near real time and that you're you're just trying to figure out what they're gonna do um to to really clean everything up in time um but really conversation driven really interesting i thought some you know good character development i think i really like the indie movies that do this because it doesn't require probably as big a budget. And if you have people or good writing, you know, the, the movie doesn't feel like you're not forgiving it for things. Do you Lind- know what I mean? Lyndon, you like this one too, right? Yeah, I like this a lot actually. And, um, I think it's our deepest find. This is a really yeah. uh, tough film to find. And like you said, <laughs> I think Chet, you spent a long time on Netflix to uncover this. And it's the kind of one you, especially the picture of it, the panel on Netflix is one you'd easily scroll past and not think two seconds about it. But like Rodney said, it's another night of, and the conversations and how things unravel and come together is really nice. And it's a, it's a, it's a lovely film. It is one that I'm really proud of for the show because I remember, I remember the weekend too. I was super sick and I was just home and I was watching Netflix, but I decided to just go through the categories and add to the watch list to try to find stuff specifically for down the hall. And this was one, and there's a few others. I think um, band of robbers was another one. And, uh, whatever, yeah. but with <clears throat> with Night Owls, I was so proud of it because it is like you're right, Lyndon. Like layers and layers of of looking on Netflix to find this one, and it's not one that someone would it wouldn't jump out at you. Right. But it's so absolutely worth the movie night watch on IMDb. It has two thousand votes, so, so I feel like yeah, it's, very few people have seen this. One. Yeah, right. yeah, it's not, uh, and it doesn't have unrecognizable actors either. Right. Yeah. No, it's not. But, you know, to, you know, Lyndon, to your point, I think that this was the purpose of the show, right? Finding movies like this because this one just, you know, there, there's still a lot of movies out there, but there is a lot of not worthwhile movies to watch. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's certainly a lot of movies that you hit play and 30 minutes in, you kind of know you, it was a bad pick. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, all right, I'm done. Like, yeah. So, um, you know, I think I, th- this was one that caught me completely off guard. And I think, as Chet said before, I think this pick, this film, kind of represents everything we wanted to do at Down the Hall. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
And and actually, let's segue into sort of a break in this conversation. Um, one of the things that we did not expect when we started the show, which ended up being a really cool, almost like bench like uh, or expectation of the show, were the several guests that we had, right? And and I have a list here of just at least the movies that our guests were connected to, whether it be actors, directors, writers. I say that because for Night Owls, we got to interview the, the director and writer of yeah. that movie, which is Charles Hood. It was both, but, right? Charles Hood and Seth Goldsmith. Yeah, right. We interviewed both of yeah. them, yeah. Charles Hood was the director. They both co-wrote that. But um, we we had interviewed people connected to The Greatest Showman, mm-hmm. um, Sam Humphreys from The Greatest Showman, who played Lil Tom, The Big Sick, uh, Kurt Braunohler, who was a comedian, who's a stand-up comedian, and he's in that. I, Tanya, that was Paul Walter <laughs> Hauser, who's one of the best characters in that movie. Uh, the writer of the the book, The Shape of Water, which which inspired the movie. Um, we talked already about Rob Burnett from The Fundamentals of Caring. Uh, we talked to the writer-director of The Overnight in Creep, uh, When We First Met, uh, who was also the writer and director of Lego Batman. <clears throat> Not director, but writer. Uh, Bad Frank, Dusky Paradise, Lyndon, that was one you had found. Um, and so just for how, us... How many did uh, Rodney find? Still zero. Still zero. <laughs> no guests. Zero. You know, I used to sit in the theater watching a movie and if i liked it i would go on imdb in the theater and try to figure out who the writers were who the director was who the actors were and start looking for those people's representation online it's usually some agent or some hr you know group and email them from our website and the the more guests we had the more impressive the emails became because they'd be like oh these guys actually interview people I put a lot of work, and so did Lyndon. Lyndon uh, got the guy from Dusky Paradise. Like, wait, and Lyndon, Rodney, wait, Rodney, you know Rodney him? promised. He said, "Rodney said I will get one by the end of 2017." And here we are. <laughs> I, I feel like I probably didn't say I will get one. I think it was Rodney. You that's need the to challenge get one before the set. end of 2017, and I said, "Okay." <laughs> that's probably what it sounded like. Because uh, if I said I will get one before the end of 2017, I. I, I there at least would have been an attempt on my part. Well, well, I will say so. That's not. The, I mean, the point was really just to say like that was that was something I don't think we expected. It was yeah. a really really yeah. fun part yeah. of the to conduct these interviews. Yeah. Which right. I think we learned that interviewing is hard. It's hard yeah. to come up with the right yeah. things. To I guess I would say to be honest with you, I would probably go a different direction with that. I think we did a pretty good job doing interview because I think I would have always got. I went into interviewing thinking like interviewing is a really tough thing to do, and I feel like. We, we're pretty successful. I think did. it took practice. You know, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I went into it thinking, "Oh, interviewing is pretty tough too." Came out thinking, "Meh, I've got this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I do feel like, I mean, not that it was like, "Oh, this is super easy," but I was just, I, I think I routinely felt like, "Oh, I think we, I, I think we got a lot of good info." Yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have yeah. done it again and again and again. Now, so we already mentioned the fundamentals of caring, Rob Burnett. Were there other interviews that stood out to you guys? Yeah, I, I have one, but I'll, uh, Lynn, do you want to go? No, no, you go. Okay. So uh, the one that stands out to me the most, um, Chad, I know you've heard of the the podcast, uh, This American Life. Yeah. And uh, London, have you ever heard of that podcast? Yeah. Anyway, so it was a very like, it was one of the first podcasts I ever really listened to um, and just loved, consumed, you know, hours and hours and hours. And one episode that had stuck with me um had been anyway i won't get into the the story of it really but it was just like this one tale of like you know this couple that had broken up and you know dated other people blah 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 there's just it's it's a really interesting episode and um 
it was Kurt Braunohler. Like, and I remember, like, as I was, like, getting ready for that interview on my ride home, I just, like, Googled him, and then that episode came up, and it was so distinct to me that it was, like, I was, like, I no way. Is this the guy? Like, I, I had just remembered this story so well. Um, like, even to the point that I remember telling Chet, like, hey, this, this, um, this has got to be something I bring up. And I think he was kind of like, no, like, I don't think you should. I, I think I still did anyway at the well, end. I think he was, but, Kurt Bronner was flattered that you knew of the episode yeah, he was on for This American Life. Yeah. Last, yeah. last thing I'll say though is I was with like, uh, someone who had interned at, at our company a few years ago. He had, he just recently got hired. Anyway, we had met, met up as he was like going through the job application process, but he brought up This American Life. I had kind of introduced him to that podcast and he tells me at one point, Man, I just listened to this like old episode and he tells me the story of like this one thing that he like he was like it was like unbelievable as he's telling it and I'm smiling and I go I interviewed him for the podcast. He's like it's <laughs> like what are you talking about? And I was like that guy and he's like you interviewed him about the podcast like about this and I was like no, he's in the big sick and we just happened to he, he was he said honestly that is the wildest thing you've. He said that is the most impressive thing you've ever told me. <laughs> That's so funny. Linda, did you have a? Did you have a, a, a interview that stood out to you? Yeah, yeah. Just quickly, did we discount the big sick as well? well the big sick well, was, the big a theater, was, was a theater. It was a theater find. Yeah. It was just two. Yeah, okay, okay, fine, good, yeah. good. Because that is easily very high. Yeah. Um, uh, a favorite interview, uh, probably uh, Paul Waterhauser. You got from Itonia. Itonia, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah he's mainly because just a great character in that movie. He's such a great ad, mainly because I may have not used legal means to watch that film because it came out a lot, <laughs> a lot earlier in the US than over here. Um, and I remember absolutely loving the film and being annoyed I couldn't be part of the interview. And then you got interviewed him so well, and he's he's so funny in the film. And didn't he? He told a story about when he was out drinking with Margot Robbie or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Enjoying he, it. He a like lot. stood up for it. He like yeah, uh, he stood up for he stood like, up yeah, for yeah, like yeah, yeah, beers on trying to, yeah, he was yeah. like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then now yeah. he's you know part of that that big movie. Yeah, I know. You know Richard uh, Jewell. Yeah. So and, and also he yeah he, he's he was so great and he was so accommodating and he lo- I think he genuinely had a blast. I mean he he kept up with us after he would text us up he would text me about episodes from the show like even way after he yeah. had, he had no longer a guest like. He was just genuine. He was yeah, a great, yeah. great guest. And he was hysterical. Did you, did we, yeah, I think we brilliant. cut you off. Did we cut you off, Lyndon? No, no, no. So well, I, probably usually cut, but whatever. I think that if I were to go back and list, re-listen to, uh, <laughs> to older episodes, I think I would begin with the, the interview episodes we had. Cause there were some interesting, and for me, the one that stood out to me the most was when we interviewed Sam Humphreys from The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. Spec- I know, Rodney, I would have bet that Chet would have brought this up because I bet this story will somehow come back to Chet's tweet. What was the tweet? Your tweet that you got to go viral about uh, The Greatest Showman. No, I wasn't. Story ends up in this tweet. I wasn't yeah. going to say that, but I did have a tweet that went viral for the greatest show. <laughs> yeah. But no, that I, that was a missed opportunity to not have that tweeted from down the hall podcast. But whatever, that's not what I was going to say. But the the episode the episode that we had with him on it. So Sam Humphries, he plays uh, he plays uh, was it Little Tom? What was yeah. his name? Um, Tom, Tom Thumb. Thumb. Tom, Thumb. Tom Thumb. Thank Thumb, you. Yeah. And and it was so fascinating because and now this, I'll keep this extremely brief, but it was super touching. We did not know what to expect. Mm. But when we interviewed people, oftentimes we had to submit our questions to their HR representative or their I mean not their like their sort of their yeah they, yeah, they just want they to see had represent no, but it was usually like someone else, like a filter yeah. that went through. And th- and for for him, 
there was a lot. There were a lot of filters. I remember being like, oh, this is like they're worried about. Like they yeah. don't want anyone making fun of him. So because he had a very very rare condition that yeah. that caused him to not to not grow and mm-hmm. really not to look like he had aged either. So anyway, so long story short, he he tells us a story about how he grew up. Just his favorite actor in the world was Hugh Jackman. He yeah. was obsessed with the Wolverine movies. And, and so he gets to be in, and he wanted to be an actor, but basically everyone, like he, you know, he, with his, with his, you know, condition, it was just not something he thought he'd really get to be. So he gets, he gets this, 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 you know, this, this audition for this movie does not know who else is in it as most auditions go. He gets the role and then finds out that the lead is Hugh Jackman, which mm-hmm. is his childhood hero. Yeah. Wolverine was his hero. So then he has this scene, which is in the movie where in the movie, The Greatest Showman, Hugh Jackman's character goes to Tom Thumb to give him the encouragement to say, you are special. You are amazing. I want, I'm not going to make fun of you. I mm-hmm. want you to be, I want you to shine. What we found out was, Hugh Jackman's character having that conversation with Tom Thumb, it was actually Hugh Jackman as a person having that conversation with Sam Humphrey because that was the first scene they ever filmed. Yeah. And Sam Humphrey got very overwhelmed. Yeah. Felt like he couldn't go out there. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman broke character almost. Yeah. Got down on one knee and talked to him. Yeah. And then they kept recording. And the reactions that Sam Humphrey's had as Tom Thumb were completely genuine, not acting. And I remember hearing him say that. I was like, holy crap. Like, what yeah. an amazing thing, like a privilege to be able to hear that story, to be able to talk with him about it. It was like, <clears throat> I don't know, it kind of brought me down to earth to say, like, this isn't really about the podcast. This is just about having a conversation with a genuine human yeah. being who's sharing yeah. his story with you. And it was that, that like, was one that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's just, yeah, that was, it was cool. It was cool to, I mean, it was cool to see also, you know, because for the most part we had, you know, we had people that had played, you know, important roles in in different films but to see some of them go on to bigger careers too it's just kind of an interesting you know feels like you're kind of rooting for you know whether it's paul walter hauser or whatever you know as you see the some of these people in bigger roles it's it's uh it's pretty cool to see so let's get back to the list number seven number seven rado this is you man this is this is a rodney recommendation yeah, so it was um, Sleepwalk with Me uh, with Mike Birbiglia starring I Mike still Birbiglia. Can't, I still can't say about his name. Mike Birbiglia, uh, but so he's a uh, he's a comedian who I've always loved. Actually, I had first heard him on This American Life too. Uh, realized he'd come out with a documentary, and I I happened to find it um, on Netflix many many years ago. And then as we were going through the podcast, I I either saw it again or stumbled across it and just recommended it to I think both of you. Uh, or either to chat and you list, you watch it and, and told, uh, Lyndon to watch it. One of, one of the two. Um, but I remember the first time I ever saw it too. It just, he himself is very disarming. He's, um, you know, he, he's really an unassuming comedian. Uh, like even still to this day, anytime I see him, like I would, he, he still does not strike me as famous, even though he is a, like, a preeminent, you know, comedian with Netflix with multiple Netflix specials. But this was this was different than his Netflix specials where it wasn't like stand-up comedy, it was the story about him played yep. played by him, right? It was like it's yep. like it was like a f- like fictional adaptation of a true story of, yeah, of, so his, it was, of his career. It, yeah, it was uh it was basically a you know, movie made um like a documentary but fictionalized in certain ways. Um but it it really is telling kind of his whole true life story and 
uh, know, how he got started. What, what was he called? Was it was the actual? He, it's a crippling like sleepwalking condition. Yeah, like, he I literally can't remember will, like, the name. Fall of out the, windows yeah. and like he's yeah. dangerous to himself and other people. Like, and he, he's yeah, and he's still. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's just a, it's a serious condition uh, that he has because uh, his latest stand up. If you ever watch it, it still features that yeah, and, like yeah, what I, he has to wear because he has a child now. Yeah. Um, but in any case, it's um, just a really fun watch you know um you you get to see somebody really go through the hard parts of being a stand-up comedian and you know all of the non-glamorous nights but um you know it's just a it's it's a really interesting story about somebody who now is you know one of the you know one of the more well-known comedians this is one of my favorite recommendations from you guys because what i like about what we try to do it down the hall was really try and recommend and push forward things you'd never really find on your own. Mm. And I never heard of Mike Babiglia before. Uh, I, I got to know you, you guys. Um, I knew him as a, I recognized him as a, as a little actor in things like Orange is the New Black yeah. and um, Billions. He appears in that briefly as well. Um, but I didn't realize he was a comic and I watched this film. I loved it. And I remember texting Rodney. I'd watched all his comedy specials that I could find on Netflix. I think he's brilliant. And you describe it really great, really unassuming kind of gentle comedy. I, I like him a lot. Yeah. And yeah, that great, great recommendation. Cause this was not even available on streaming over here. I had to buy this film to be able to watch it and it was definitely worth it. Yeah. And it was it, a really deep find for me. I loved it. Yeah. Again, I think it's one of those deep finds that's, uh, that, that's pretty good. All right. Uh, so number six on the list, we have Captain Fantastic, Lyndon. Well, I think this is interesting too, because Lyndon, you, to me, uh, you, you are had, you, Captain you, Fantastic. You, had, you are Captain Fantastic. No, you had three, your thighs, <laughs> Guilty. your thighs are Captain Fantastic. <laughs> the, um, <clears throat> the, the, uh, Lyndon plays rugby, and if you are Facebook friends with him, you'll see some pictures of literally just his thighs. Anyway, so Lyndon, you had <laughs> you had some great recommendations for the show over you know the entire history of the show, but the three that st- there are three that stand out to me as like cornerstone recommendations where I think the show really hit its stride. Uh, like you know, ten to fifteen just amazing recommendations in a row, three of which came from you. This is the first of three that I always associate Captain Fantastic. So I think early on, in, uh, when we started doing the podcast, we did start accidentally a bit of a theme about parenting and life-affirming situations. I think this is the first one that's on our list, which is Captain Fantastic, starring Viggo Mortensen, and it's he's a dad with his six kids living in the wilderness, very like kind of anti-capitalist point of view, and they need to travel back to basically civilization to go to their mother's funeral, and it's all the challenges they face along the way. Again, it's it's a road trip movie again, isn't it? Which we always, we all three of us have a bit of a soft spot for and just the relationship between the kids. And there's a really emotional kind of a funeral scene at the end. And it's not big showy dramatic scenes. It's all the quiet moments and the things in this film a lot. It's a lot of um, the conversations is, it's what's not being said. Uh, And the way the film ends, I think is, is perfect as well. And I think this is a really, uh, really uh, emotional film that really hits home. Well, yeah, great movie to just have you think about, you know, somebody who approaches life different than most people do, but then, you know, and, you know, the pros and cons of it. But like you said, so much of it is not what's said, but how everyone's interacting with each other. It's, uh, yeah, great movie. As we approach... I know the, what's... Go ahead. 
I was going to say, you know what's crazy? This was, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in the UK, this was released the same day as our number one pick as well. Oh, interesting. Oh, um, no, I didn't know that. So th- it's interesting. So to me, when we were combining, we were figuring out our top 10, we probably had like, I know, Rodney, you made the joke of we only had 11 movies that fit the bill. I think if we if we took away all the interview episodes and took away all the episodes of movies that were not either streamable or under the radar, we had like 30-ish movies 35 ish movies that were just you know would meet our criteria when we when we narrowed those down um we had some like disagreements the three of us about what we should be long long in the top 10 starting with captain fantastic though and the and the remaining ones we're going to talk about tonight we we completely agreed about captain yeah. fantastic in the following movies like yeah. to us the yeah. three of us were all like these are our core like five or six yeah and then everything else stems from that right yeah uh, so Linda, I remember, I remember <clears throat> going to Redbox, which is you know so funny to think about. But going to Redbox to get Captain Fantastic, I think you know we watched it after you recommended it. That was when we barely knew yet. So there was a lot on the line at that point. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, number five is life, my life as a zucchini. Yeah, thank you. Or or Lyndon has written it, my life as a courgette. Um, <laughs> courgette. But this one's so interesting because uh, it's. It's a claymation. Am I saying that right? Would it be claymation. Yeah. Claymation. Really animated. Animated. Very interesting. Movie. Yeah. It's short. It's like hour? an hour, maybe yeah. hour ten. Um, about this kid who, within the first scene, he like accidentally kills his mom. Yeah. Like it's like 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 there's he's it becomes a, a, a an orphan quickly, and he's super young, and he ends up in this uh, orphanage, and it's this story, this really amazingly told story of these orphans. And the art is beautiful. The scenes are stunning. And yeah, the way that they portray each individual child and how they adapt to, you know, how they're processing life as a eight, nine, 10, 11 year old or younger uh, is just so unbelievable. I watched this first by myself. Now, granted, I had heard about it um, a couple of years prior. And then I watched it by myself and was like struck by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I asked you guys to watch it. And I watched it with you, Rodney, when you watched it for the first time and was waiting to not like it as much. You know, sometimes you're you're overly swayed the first time and you watch it the second time. And I think I liked it even more the second time. And for me, this was a 10 out of 10. I think it was, Rodney, might have been your first 10 out of 10 on the show or something like that. I think so, yeah. Um, And this was like such a, I wouldn't say a deep, deep find because I think it was like maybe nominated for some best picture, not best picture, but nominated for some Oscars. But still, this one was so worth the movie nights. Again, short, low commitment, but unbelievably rich movie that tells a really gripping story. I loved, I loved recommending this one. Yeah. I could not stop talking yeah. about it. So I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. I know you guys have thoughts on it. I, I think it's a really rich film, and I think it plays. As we look at our top films from now, it plays into another theme that we've accidentally, yeah, we will quite enjoy, which is a coming of age kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. family, it's a really unique. Yeah, family, parents coming of age and it's um yeah it's a really lovely film um yeah i was just we're, we were just on the side i it was funny that you say that jet because we we were just talking about edge of 17 which is another movie that we uh, uh, had the pleasure of yeah. uh, talking to oh man that was such head. a good one but, earlier no, no, that, that was like within our first that was yeah. in, no, but that was still with like one of our first five six episodes edge yeah right of, edge of 17. i was just thinking that wasn't Great on your film. list of people that we interviewed it, yeah so oh who did we interview from that hayden Zeta. 
Oh my oh, gosh! I totally did. forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was just Zeno laughing from, uh, of all 17. the things that we're forgetting. Wow, what a great episode that was yeah, too. Yeah. Wow. So uh, and that was like maybe our first interview. That was our first interview. I think John Negroni was our first interview. Which let's <laughs> let's, let's 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 segue into that real quick. We're, we're say we'd sprinkle in funny memories of the show. Lyndon, I'm going to encourage you to try to think of one as well right now. I don't know if you have one already, but um, the the John Negroni whole thing was so funny. So. Uh, Rodney and I, our third, maybe our third episode we ever did was, um, was called the Pixar theory where I'd heard of this thing called the Pixar theory where all the Pixar movies were tied together. I had seen it online a few places. I realized that it was actually really well done and really intricately thought out by a guy named John Negroni. So I put together this like presentation for Rodney. Didn't let him, didn't let him have any previous knowledge to say, Hey, we're going to talk about this on the show. I presented it to Rodney and Rodney just picked it apart and blew it up and made fun of this guy, John Negroni, who's sitting in his dorm room writing this blog and all these things. And then John Negroni himself, here's the episode. By the way, blue check mark, like he's got a presence. He he wrote for a few different outlets, like pretty established outlets on uh, you know, for movies. He 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 hears the episode, he responds to us, and he goes, Hey, I'd love to come on the episode and defend myself. <laughs> so the next week we have and I remember I was Guys. Flying, I was flying to Kansas City, I was in the airport, I remember coordinating with him. The next week he comes on and, and we interview him and it's like the Pixar Theory part two where he's defending it, but he's also talking about the whole like history behind it. And guys really re- hold on, really fun two episodes. Like honestly, those two continue to get played because there, it's an interesting concept, but then the idea of like the tension that became like friendship was really funny with John DeGray. So here's the other thing I forgot is that as much as I didn't prepare, I am the only one of us who read an entire book in preparation for an episode. That's right. He so, ordered John Negroni's Pixar theory book I off paid, Amazon and I read put it money before in this the clown's pocket <laughs> to, to have ammunition. So, uh, so let's not forget that there was some preparation that I did that you guys did not do. So he was the first guest of the show. We'll we'll keep we'll keep moving on here to number four again, Lyndon. If you have a, a funny memory of the show, please feel free. At any what point was to chime didn't in, me but. and Rodney only ever do one episode together? You did an episode when I was on my honeymoon. That's right. Oh uh, yeah. What did we do? I can't remember. It was such <laughs> a disaster, I. and I loved it. <laughs> so, uh, what was it? Did we? Uh, we sent a video. We played a video within the episode, didn't we? Of Chet drinking something on his honeymoon. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. The, yeah, that's the, what it started the, with. The what non, was he drinking? The, it was called a nani shot in Hawaii. It was the most disgusting thing. It was like one of those like health health shots, but it was it, oh uh, gosh, it was vile. Yeah, it was, it was. It was the episode weird phobias and their movie prescription. <laughs> oh right, 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 right. Oh yeah. Did, yeah. Didn't we, we at the end of it? We decided we all had to live tweet a film. That's which right. Chet still hasn't done. So yeah, I did. But, oh, yet another thing. But I don't, I don't yeah, think Rodney. Do. I don't think Rodney did either. You yeah, you did. You. Yeah, I did. I was the first one to do it. What was it? What I was the uh, the happening with Mark. Oh Martin. yeah. What was yeah. yours? What was yours, Lyndon? You didn't do it. You the didn't ri- live tweet. The, a film. I, I did. I live tweeted the ritual yeah. and got oh, a little mention God. from the director. That's right. Ah, oh, gee. Yep. So, oh, so you, who's looking? You like owe us a live tweet. All right. You're right. I'm. I'm. I'm in the wrong here. Uh, Lyndon, you have number four. Yeah. Uh, do I? It was a monster calls. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll just let I'll, I'll I'll assume that you you can't find the list and <laughs> but you hopefully will remember the movie. Yeah. Uh, so a monster calls. This is I think one of the fil- a few films I gave ten out of ten for. This is um, 
again, it's a coming of age film. It's dealing with the loss of parents. It's how a uh, young teenage boy's how he deals with the his only surviving parent. His um, well, not only surviving. Sorry, his parent he lives with his mum uh, having terminal cancer, and how he deals with that, and how he deals with it in a fantasy land kind of thing. And this monster that comes to talk to him, this tree monster voiced by Liam Neeson and the animation in this film is beautiful. It looks it like is. an oil painting and the way they tell the stories and the stories at the time, you like, mm, I'm not sure the moral was, and it all kind of makes sense at the end when he comes to this fourth story. And, um, I think, you know, I don't know how old he is. The kid is only like 11, 12, but his acting is incredible. And the emotion in that, that finale is amazing. And anyone, uh, well, anyone, anyone will get emotional from this film, but especially if you're a parent. And this is, I mean, it's an easy recommendation because it's such a good film, but also it, you have to recommend it with caveats because it, it is emotional. And yeah. was it, Rodney, when you recommended yes. to your sister, was it? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, why would you recommend that? She was... <laughs> She was really upset at me. I, not upset, but well, it is she, the saddest, she did love the it's movie. It's the but saddest movie, not only on our list, I think the saddest movie I we don't ever know. recommended. I think the one I'm about to talk about might be sadder, but it's, uh, true, it's, true. it is up there. And I feel like, I don't know if maybe I recommended both number three and a monster no calls. you didn't recommend number three there's no, a no, no story no, no, behind no, number no, three no, no. to oh, my sister oh, oh, oh relax okay. relax here here uh, you did you, you know you recommended uh, like a movie to, every year so that's why I, 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 I like to keep all my recommendations to myself <laughs> um but it's uh yeah Lyndon, my sister had watched it and I, they did really enjoy it but also were really struggling to understand what's the matter with me. <laughs> like what, yeah. why would you have recommended this super sad movie to well, us? It's sad, but it's like, it's so interesting. It's such oh, it's an great. interesting no, take it, on sadness. It's a yeah, great, it's, it's, on it's grief, on grief. It's, yeah, it is an interesting take on grief and it is kind of uplifting the way he, it, it's about grief and acceptance of grief yes. and how, and through the a child's eyes, how he reaches that that acceptance processing. Yeah, I, I think Lyndon, this is number two of like. I think it's like to me, you have. And by the way, Legna, Legna just. I got to give a shout out to Legna. By the way, we're in the process of moving. I didn't even say this. The reason, one of the main reasons, is the fact that we also have. Oh, yeah. So why, we, why we we're ending down show? the hall. We haven't consistently recorded in over a year. I get that, but one of the main reasons is that now we're definitely ending. Is I'm moving to New York, New Jersey area. Um, for work, and uh, we're really excited. It's obviously a heartbreaking thing, but we're excited. And just the logistics of trying to coordinate the three of us to do that is just not likely. So, um, but we're literally in the process of packing and cleaning. I mean, Rodney and I right now are in my apartment, sitting amongst empty boxes, and you know, trying to take trash out. Like Legna and I are trying to get this going, and she, uh. I don't know. She's she's allowing, you know, feeling yep. like it's okay for us to do this. I think it's really important and, and amazing. I think she deserves all the credit for letting this happen. Yeah. Uh, in one Yet of again, the most just stressful example, weeks of our lives. One more example, um, Lyndon, of he, he somehow married up. I don't yeah, understand certainly how did. it happened. But what, <laughs> what I was going to say, and this is Legna's favorite recommendation, was A Monster Calls. Monster Calls. Um, and Lyndon, this to me, Captain Fantastic, A Monster Calls, and then one we're, we're going to get to shortly, are the three that I – associate with you as being like the cornerstone right yeah. so and I'll, I'll recap this as well once we get to it but six through one all of them could have been our number one pick 
A Monster yes, Calls, Captain Fantastic, great. Life is a Zucchini, and the three we're about to get to, yep. any of those could have been our number one pick. Yes. So yep. I would have felt comfortable if we ended up with A Monster Calls being the best one. Yeah. No, it was a great movie. Um, I, I loved it. So let's let's uh, let's keep let's keep moving along here. So uh, this is actually a funny story from down the hall. So um, one of the things we Rodney had created our website. I know he didn't give himself much credit. He said it was just the technical side of things, but he also did create, I think, a very fun website that our fans interacted with, and they would go on and they could actually scroll down and recommend a movie for us to watch, which was really cool. And we got a recommendation from listeners that cracked our not only our top 10, our top three. Yep. Uh, and that was Short Term 12 that came from Colleen and Hannah. And a funny story from that is when we were in New York, New York City, we're at Katz's Deli, which obviously has cinematic history to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Hannah comes up to Rodney when and When Harry met Sally? Are you Rodney from Down the Hall Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, it was that night that we heard about Short Term 12. Came back. It was a Netflix find. We watched it. Brie Larson, uh, Rodney. We're gonna let you talk about this one because um, I know I know we all loved it, but I think the listener recommendation. That's your you know that credit to you for having that be a part of our website. And I know you love this movie too. Yeah, it was just. I mean, I don't know if the, I feel like this one might be darker than um, a Monster Calls or sadder, but uh, it's a really powerful movie um, about. Brie Larson, who works as a social worker at like a foster, foster care, right? Foster care facility. And just the story of the, the kids and, you know, uh, what they've gone through, why they're there. And, you know, how does, how does someone kind of help and do that job while also trying to, you know, help the children cope and grow and, um, you know, find meaning again, you know, with, without feeling just completely lost and, uh, just, Really powerful characters. I, I think a lot of really young actors and actresses uh, do an amazing job in this movie. Um, very emotional, but to me, one of my favorites. Again, a lot of conversation, a lot of just development. Another indie movie that you don't have to apologize for because they focus on kind of really limited set of settings and um, allows them to really execute the movie really well. So loved this movie. I, I agree with you. I think it is a certain element slightly sadder than a monster calls because it has a a um, kind of gritty realism to it. Yeah. And whilst monster calls is all about kind of finding hope and recognizing this hope, uh, at points of short term twelve, you wonder is there any glimmer of hope left? Right. And right. it's a really tough watch. Yeah. But it's. It, I totally agree with everything you said. It's a great, great find. Uh, a really. Uh, it's tough to find the right word to describe it because. Um, I was going to say like kind of magically made film, but it's so gritty and realistic. It's not yeah. quite the right word, but it's, it does. It is shocking, but also a, a good watch. Right. Great. What great watch. I love it. I, I, it's a film I struggle to describe. It's more of a, the film's more of a feeling. Yeah. Oh, certainly. It also has Remy Malik in it and Lake Eve Stanfield, who, who yeah, we actually tried. We actually had him, uh, we he like he like he am I Le- saying like Keith Le- Stanfield. Stanfield he's in he was in Dope which we've referenced already which was a, yep. another great find I think um, Uncut he was Gems. also in Get Out and Uncut Gems which is um, great and we Knives actually out, we actually had him we actually had him scheduled <laughs> to be on the show oh, we yeah. actually had him scheduled as an interview for the show and he had to back out the last minute which would have been a really cool episode I yeah think. no he's one of my favorite he's currently one of my favorite actors he's right? good. he was in knives out he was in uncut gems with both of which i just watched and uh or just recently watched 
Uh, did you like Knives Out's good I enjoyed Knives Out yeah I seen really enjoyed Knives Out have you, you did you said you haven't seen Uncut Gems not yet no oh it's a it's a great movie um, of course it's but Uncut Gems is directed by uh, the guys who were with our recommendations um, the one with Robert Patterson uh, uh, Good Time yeah yeah it's the same uh, directors yeah and it, it has that feel to it absolutely oh, okay. yeah, it's very gritty the movie itself but unbelievable you know it has some comedy but for the most part it's just a stressful ride of someone either digging a hole deeper or trying to dig themselves out of a hole it was just oh but phenomenal movie anyway but look he's one Stanfield, last one last fantastic. recommendation from the show yeah um all right so let's move on to number two <clears throat> uh this is sing street which again would have been totally fine if this was our number one pick oh yeah oh, i right. love this one yeah. so it's it set in the 80s um it's it's like it's it's a coming of age and it's so funny the premise is so funny because basically a teenager who likes a girl asks the girl if she would be willing to star in a music video for his band he did not expect her to say yes and when she says yes he says oh crap now i need to form a band <laughs> and i just love that that yeah. that that premise alone it really i think creates the tone for the rest of the movie so it's this it's again coming of age these kids um create a band and so there's a lot of music involved in this movie and it's uh it's really really well done um and the 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 original music for the movie i still listen to at times uh i loved this one i'd watched it at least i think i watched it two times in a row on netflix before uh i before you guys had gotten to it and I was like, we're definitely, I, we're, you need to watch this. We're definitely yeah. doing an episode. So you have to watch it before we record. Like yeah. it wasn't even a conversation. Like we it, need to do it. So good. So enjoyable. Was it based in Ireland or the UK? Ireland. 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 But they, they're, they're taking a boat over to the UK at the end. Right? Yeah. Cause, but it's like the eighties. So he's listening yeah. to like, you know, he's listening to like the classic eighties like music and stuff. And so it's super, super influenced in the music that they're creating yeah. as well. The same, the same, uh, intern who I had mentioned had heard that Kurt Braunohler interview had watched this movie because he was, he's incredibly into the eighties music. Oh really? Yeah. And so, uh, this, he, he loved this movie. Yeah. This, this is a great movie. This is a film I actually managed to catch at the cinema or the theater, as you call it. Oh really? And like, it's probably bigger yeah, like over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very British. And film. Then, yeah, it is a very British film actually. And it's quite, I don't know if you've ever seen a film called the commitments, about an Irish band. Uh, Wait, the commitments? Do you mean do you mean the Patriot, where we beat the hey, Revolutionary hey, War? Or what? Uh, good one, good one. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. You mean Braveheart? <laughs> it wouldn't oh, be the final episode without at least some attempts. One down with the British. <laughs> He's, joke. He he just pulled out Mel Gibson, so now every Mel Gibson victory. No, no, no every down with the British victory. <laughs> oh, okay. Was that down with the British? The yeah, Braveheart yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scots. Down with the British, mm-hmm. up with the kilts. Up with the kilts. Anyway, you were saying. Probably something more interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely was down more interesting. with the kilts. Without Viggo Mortensen, we didn't we didn't do a warning that he's got full full frontal nudity. Viggo Mortensen and Captain Fantastic. Oh, that's right, he does. Yeah, yeah, that's He goes full Viggo, full Aragorn. Sorry, little Viggo comes out to play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I say I agree with Chet. Like the soundtrack for Sing Street is brilliant as well. I've listened to that a lot. It's um, probably the most feel good film on the list. I'd say. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, the number mo- one, number yeah. one, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, so far, uh, so far, it's, it's so, the second most. So again, we said that from Captain Fantastic to Life as a Zucchini, a Monster Call, Short Term Twelve, and Sing Street, we all would have been fine with our number one. But to be I, honest, when I would we, be when okay we created all being number two. When we created our number, when we created our list, we all yeah. began with this as our number one. Yeah. And Lyndon, this was the third of the three that I told you that you, to me your recommendation stood out. So th- this is you have to say this one. This is all you. This is one of our. This is our best. I think our best recommendation ever. So I think this is a film that a lot more people have heard of now because the director's gone on to bigger and better things. Yeah, Taika. Uh, but yeah, Taika Waititi. But at the time, Hunt for the Wilder People was definitely a proper hidden gem. Uh, it's really great coming of age kind of really dry Kiwi humor about uh, a manhunt chasing a rebellious kid and his foster uncle played by Sam Neill and the adventures they get to up to in the wilderness and the, and the authorities chasing them. And it's just the humor and, and the heart really catches you off guard. It's such a great film. So easy to rewatch. I've watched, this is the film yeah. I have rewatched the most of all our recommendations. Easy. And as, as they say in the film, it is majestical. It's such a great <laughs> film. And like we said, Taika Waititi's gone on to direct for Ragnarok. He's become a bit of a household name. And he's just released Jojo Rabbit, which has a very, I saw in the cinema this week, which has a very, not I, I've seen Hunt for the Wilder People hundreds of times, so I can't say if I, I think it's quite as good yet. But Jojo Rabbit has a very similar kind of sensibility with its humor yep. and um the way it connects to uh, some emotional punches as well as it does in this film so there are it does catch you off guard hunt for the world of people with a bit of a emo- few emotional turns and it's just, it's just such an easy rewatch feel-good film i love it i i definitely recommended this the most um and i feel like i specifically watched this with a lot of people uh, which I feel like is to me the ultimate sign of recommendation that I want to watch it again and I want to watch you watch it uh, for the first time. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely love this. And like you mentioned, you know, I think Taika Waititi's on to uh, some really big things now. I've even heard that about Jojo Rabbit from a lot of people that it was their favorite movie in 2019. I still haven't seen it, but, um, but yeah, just <laughs> great humor. Um, the kid's phenomenal. I feel like it's a combination of a lot of our, uh, top movies too, in, in certain ways, you know, coming of age, coming of age, foster, foster, foster kids. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a journey film. It's kind, it's not a road trip, but they are right. do go on a trip. Yeah, journey them two together the whole time. Um, but yeah, it has a lot of those elements. You know, you've got kind of Sam Neill, who's not really Viggo Mortensen necessarily, but he's kind of very standoffish. Doesn't really want anything to do with the kid and then but you know grows to grows to really love him i feel like at the end there there's a really heartwarming scene uh between the two characters it's just you know love it yeah so recapping our our top 10 i'll obviously start with number 11 uh green room before we go kodachrome night owls was number eight sleepwalk with me captain fantastic my life is a zucchini a Monster Calls, Short Term 12, Sing Street, and number one was Hunt for the Wilder People. What a list. What a list. We what should have list. had Fundamentals of Caring on there somewhere and probably Dope. Yeah. <laughs> dope, definitely. Maybe dope. Edge of 17, but that was a theater. Fun. Yeah, theater. I'm fine with that one not being in yeah. there, but Dope felt like definitely. That was our first episode, right? Kubo should have been on there. You guys know that. Nah, I feel uh, like Kubo was a big movie. I think Yeah, that, it was a really big movie. Um. I think that uh, Fury should have found its way. 
Fury definitely not. Ah, Phil. You know the movie that nobody. Oh, I thought you were going to say um... Pitt, Shia LaBeouf. Who else was in there? U five seven one. Oh, yeah, U five seven one. Oh my That's gosh, right. guys, have you heard of Peanut Butter Falcon? Yeah, you texted us about Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> you guys got to watch that. Have you guys seen Honey yeah. Boy? Um, what? No. no. You want a Sheila Booth kind of? I'm, have you seen both? Even Stevens Disney Plus? I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I haven't seen Honey Boy yet. But I got to tell you, Peanut Butter Falcon is it Honey is Boy or is it American Honey? Honey Boy. American oh. Honey is another film with them. In. Yeah, another yeah, Shia yeah, LaBeouf. It's a different okay. one. Honey yeah. Boy is. There's a uh, lot of like spreadable based titles. Honey, <laughs> peanut butter. Honey Boy is uh, the story of him as a kid, and he plays his dad, and his dad yeah. is kind of like a stage dad. Um, and it looks looks phenomenal. It's like getting phenomenal reviews. Interesting. It's, it's pe- 100% peanut Butter tomatoes. Falcon. That looks good. Oh, it's phenomenal. You'll so, love it. It would it would belong on this list. I, really, it does belong on this list. If I don't know, I don't know if it's streamable, but so well then i don't know like i'm saying i found it on an illegal service as well to to watch it so uh-huh. um i couldn't tell you if it is streamable i didn't try so um to end the show <clears throat> why don't we why don't we just do this um starting with rado because you love being put on the spot the reason you love being put on the spot is because most times you don't know what you're going to say and you find it by the end of the sentence yes that's it in general um just quickly from the three of us what what was down the hall what did it mean uh, to us? Lasting, lasting thoughts before we before we sign off. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I've always loved movies, and I feel like it was just an opportunity to um, have an excuse to watch a lot of movies, to to get movie pass, to to you know think about movies more deeply than the normal, um, but more than anything, to just have some fun fun conversations and. Just get a lot of just random thoughts out that that happened throughout the week. So I feel like it's a it's a great outlet, you know, to to have done a lot of things and to uh, have interacted with old and new friends. I'll call you that now, Lyndon. Just once, <laughs> just once. Are you? Is that was that enough? Or are you looking for? <laughs> no, I'm waiting for. Uh, oh, it's, 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 Lord Lord Lyndon. To, uh, <laughs> okay, oh, he gets uh, to sign well. off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I completely agree with uh, Rodo. Uh, it was great to chat movies. We had a lot of fun quizzes, and that's uh, doing the top ten list that we did and things like that. And like I said, when we went through the list, finding the recommendations that we did, uh, that things I'd never have found on my own. That that was brilliant. But the main thing I've taken away from it, apart from Rodney, obviously, is uh, <laughs> a hope, a lifelong friendship, yeah. and I think evidence that. You can meet people on the internet and meet them <laughs> over the internet, and it's safe. Yeah, uh, safe. That's a that's yeah. a good lesson for all kids out there. <laughs> Whoever you're talking to online, go out and meet them because it's safe. <laughs> I, it, it, yeah. Okay. Cheers, Ronley. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'd never been to the US, and me and Lindsay managed to come out and visit you guys, and we recorded that. We had a lot of fun recording the podcast with all three of us in the same room. That was great, and took a lot longer than it should have done because uh, we may have been pissing around more than we should have done. <laughs> uh, and we had such a great time to come to visit you guys in, in Boston. It was amazing. I can't wait to come out and visit you again. 
Yeah, we're coming um, out there. Course. We're coming out there, man. That's the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do a, a one-off special podcast when you do. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe we, maybe we, uh, maybe we pull a Disney and revive, and revive Star Wars. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but, and also, I think as I texted you guys before we started, where the first top ten I did view you guys, my uh, second child Tom, he was three months old. He is now three years old. That's crazy. And we have a, another son who is almost eight months old who was obviously uh, created in Rodney's bed. So that's why his middle name is Boston. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, I, uh, I'm honored to have provided, this, provided the service. <laughs> so, but, that's what I'm taking away from down the hall. Yeah, a son created in the US. <laughs> I, me too. I have a child now. It's good. <laughs> you guys ever seen the, you know, the line from Dwight Schrute in the office and he says uh, that they hired a, that the office hires someone that looks like him? And he's like, yes. You know, I do. He he does look like me. And like maybe maybe uh, maybe in the future they'll hire someone that looks like a younger version of him, and then I'll have a grandson. <laughs> uh, well, so for me, the the show started out just like I think Rodney kind of hit on it. It was like ways for Rodney and I to just to get our random thoughts out there. We also we were the people who were recommending a lot of movies to our friend group, and so we we're like, well, let's let's combine those two ideas into one thing. It was just going to be a hobby, and certainly I wanted it to grow bigger than it did. Like then, what we originally had it going, but I didn't. I didn't expect it to be what it became for me, which was <clears throat> this exposure into an industry that, I mean, really, I was just a fan of before, but then felt like I got to. I mean, I have no artistic ability like that to be able to have conversations with writers, directors, mm-hmm. producers, actors. Like that was really cool. But I think the lasting things that I take away more than the interview episodes. <clears throat> was the community of people we got to interact with because of the show, whether it be the Take Two podcast guys, um, Craig in particular, uh, the Checked Out in Jersey guys who are now on to their next show, Dressing Gettysburg, um, you know, Zeng This, Movie Rob, uh, I know like even some of the listeners, Ivy specifically, Tiffany, people who really were consistently present with the show the whole time uh, that that made it more fun for us than I think we ever could have originally pictured. And what I did not expect was to have – a close friend come out of this, which is Lyndon. I yeah. mean, we, you literally, you came, you stayed with us. We showed you around. We're going to go out of our way to, we want to go see you. Like that's, we're going to go really out of cool our way. Think, like, we're going to go out like, of our way to go to London. Like you think like remote place <laughs> to, to think about the idea of like, you know, you know, the, inter, you know, just the whole thing is so crazy that yeah. it ended up where Lyndon, we, we talk very often. We, we call each other yeah. to catch up, right? We'll have these long conversations just to catch up. And that's something that we wouldn't have had before. So that's what the show, lasting memories for me, more than anything, is the people we got to meet through it. Lyndon, you and I just catch up like uh, just in spirit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like well, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need a phone call to catch up. We you know? don't need a phone call. We just need the occasional bit of abuse. Yeah, we, just, we just know. Well, it's, it must be really nice for you each to know that no matter what, you're always going to disagree. So you might as well just not. We just have a telepathic thing. I know I know you're jealous and threatened by this telepathic thing that Lyndon and I have. Where I am. Just, you, you both know. have much better thighs than I, I do. So like, that's really a thing. Well, that's, no. that's why, I, you know, here's the thing. I do desperately when we go to London... I do really want to play rugby. Oh, I'll definitely play rugby with him. I want to. I want to yeah. full on scrub down. Oh my gosh! How uh, badly be... I want to tackle him. Oh, <laughs> I want to tackle you so hard. I can't I, wait for that. Yeah, I do oh. go for the knees though. Yeah, I think Chet's gonna have. I well, have more of a rugby. Try style. and tackle my thighs. Good luck with that. Yeah, I have more of a rugby style. Chet's gonna I, do I, like I, an NFL style. I go for the head or for the knees. He's just gonna dive full speed at your kneecap. You know, <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna do the proper wrap and tackle. 
wrapping tackle. <laughs> it's like my football coach used to tell me, oh my God, I forgot about the accents you guys oh, used to make. Oh, okay. <laughs> nope. We used to, we used to make go Robbie off. do accents. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> they were so bad. <laughs> they were very offensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is our they, they don't belong in 2020. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Is that, also that one that we never actually put out there. What's that? Was it? No, no, you're. It was the Sylvester, the one when I was there in Boston. The oh, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Oh, that was so. I still think that was my best horrible. one. <laughs> I still think it was, it was my best one. No, no, he no, has no. taken a lot of punches in the movies Rocky, and you know he's a method uh, in actor. the movies Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh, the method acting conversation, yeah. the classic rants we had about Slant Magazine, Dude. about the MCU, oh, yes. about uh, method. I acting. do feel like Ivy is the one. That, Ivy's recommending movies to me all the time now. I feel yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, I feel like she, I, I let we let her down with the quantity of recommendations. So she's now turning. She to recommended Deepwater so. Horizon with Mark Wahlberg. Who That's right. We did that episode. It's about yeah. time because you know oh, how much you we did. Him. We went through the Mark Wahlberg schedule. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God, ninety so minute brutal. shower. I I told you. I I I told you. I didn't tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, <laughs> I went over that schedule with my sister and brother in law, and I think I think my sister said like, "But why are you so mad about it?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because he's a fraud. He, I hate him. <laughs> All right. So, um, do you remember the? Um, we did a Father's Day episode as well, didn't we? Father's Day episode was great. That was we, great. We and I actually, I remember. I can't remember what I was doing, but I was in the car with my mum and dad when we listened to it. So that was really nice. Well, we oh, we did we did shout outs to our individual fathers. Yours, Lyndon, a father of forty six, and <laughs> Rodney's. Uh, I mean, mind, Lyndon's so. on his way to 46. That's true. That's true. Lyndon, Lyndon is getting the snip. He's done at three. The snip? Wow, they're just going to cut the whole thing off. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I just you had so a good run. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they should do. That was a good one. That was a great episode. But yeah, a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I, I look forward to listening to this episode. I'll probably go back and listen to older ones too. Um, thank you to everybody who made it really, really fun. Thank Agreed. you both of you. You both... Check, you know, both really made it a blast for me. Um, I can't believe how long it's been. Actually, we really carried you through this sucker. You, you really know? did. I mean, you really without did. us, you'd be. I'd say we're not ruling out random top tens in the future. That's true. Hey, did we tell? Did we say that he's moving to New York, New Jersey for a job doing podcasting officially? Like, <laughs> <laughs> <and> it, <laughs> that would that would right there. That would have been the ultimate punch in the stomach at the end, wouldn't it be, Lyndon? <laughs> yeah, like, that would oh. be surprise. You got <laughs> by the way, uh, Rodney. You've mentioned this American Life quite a few times. I, I would mean, say <laughs> I would be like, uh, oh, so uh, what about us? We they want us to or nope, just me, Ooh. just me. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, this well, was fun. We gotta sign off. This is yep. great. We gotta go. You on gotta to get moving. <laughs> we gotta. We, I gotta pack stuff. We got. Um, I gotta bir- take out the trash. A birthday party thing for Legna tonight with our group of friends, and Rodney's gonna help me take out some trash right now. Lyndon, thank you for always accommodating our yeah. schedule by staying up till ungodly hours at night to yeah. record with us because of the Despite time difference. Being a father, many Despite times being over, three time father. Uh, and uh, I don't even know how to say goodbye. Do you say three hours difference? No, I didn't say three oh, hours. They said three hours difference. No, father three that. times yep. over. That was me. Five I hours said that. Five hour difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's a good way to end it. Five hour good. difference. Five hour difference. That's hey. Rodney. I'm Chat. That's London. That's London. Have a good. Have, have a good That's day. Rodney. Have a good night. <laughs> good night.